0: So given the evidence that's being revealed during the January 6th public hearings regarding the insurrection, it's becoming crystal clear that the linear progression of Donald Trump's criminal scheme is as obvious as it is incriminating. Let's talk about that. Because justice matters. Glenn Kirshner here. So, as I continue to watch the evidence presented in the public hearings by the January 6th House Select Committee that has been investigating the insurrection, I sort of look at the evidence through the lens of a former career prosecutor. And I ask myself, okay, how would I prove Donald Trump's crimes to a jury based on what I'm learning during these public hearings. Because we already know what Donald Trump did, right? Courtesy of his public statements, his you know, speeches at his ridiculous hate rallies, the tweets he would send out. We already know what Donald Trump said and what Donald Trump did, but what we're learning in these all-important public hearings is what went on before Donald Trump made those statements, gave those speeches, posted those tweets, right? We're getting a look behind the curtain at what prompted, what motivated Donald Trump, what drove him to give birth to the big lie that the election was stolen. And the evidence we're getting, oh, it is powerful. I mean, you know, put me in coach, make me a special assistant United States attorney, which is a thing, it's a position, I will go into court and try this case for free. Can you tell I missed the courtroom? So here's some of what we know and here's some of what we learned. We already knew that as far back as April of 2020, months before the presidential election, Donald Trump started floating the idea that the election was going to be rigged. Why? because the poll numbers were showing he was going to lose. So he needed to come up with a criminal scheme to explain why it looks like he lost the election when in fact, he really won. That was April of 2020, and then he kept doubling down. You know, and there is this kind of infamous hate rally that he had in Oshkosh, Wisconsin in August of 2020 when he said point blank, The only way I will lose this election is if it's rigged. So the table was set. He knew he was gonna lose. The poll numbers looked bad for him. And he began the mantra. It's gonna be rigged. It's gonna be rigged. That's the only way I'll lose. We knew about those public statements. Then we learned that all of the adults in the room, campaign managers and other political advisors to Donald Trump had told him in no uncertain terms, there's gonna be this thing that we experience during every election, it's called the red mirage. What does that mean? It means that the early votes cast in person that are being counted early on, on election night, will make it seem like the Republican is doing well but then the mail-in ballots will be counted. And friends, remember some jurisdictions don't even allow for the mail-in ballots to start being counted until the polls close on election day. And what happens? Well, the mail-in ballots typically favor the Democrat. And so Joe Biden's numbers are looking better and better. That's the red mirage. Republicans seem to do well early on when the returns are coming in. And then the Democrat starts to do well. And the polling in advance of the election made it clear Donald Trump was gonna lose, which is why he had to keep pushing his mantra that if I lose, it was rigged. And now we know, oh, this is delicious, friends. Behind the scenes in the Oval Office the night of the election, Donald Trump's campaign manager Bill Stepien, who had been running in Republican circles for a very long time, working with people like, you know, President Bush and um, and and John McCain and others, he said, "Look, the red mirage is playing out exactly as was expected, exactly as we told you it would play out, Mr. President. Your numbers may look good early, but we have to wait for all of the votes to be counted because, you know." democracy. And so Donald Trump knew he was going to lose. He knew about the Red Mirage. And in the early morning hours of November 4th, he decided to give birth to the big lie. And he took to the airwaves during the Red Mirage when it looks like, okay, he's definitely gonna lose and he's gonna lose big. And he had to step out and say, frankly, we did win this election. At that moment, the big lie was born. And friends, it wasn't born of a miscalculation. It wasn't born of a misunderstanding. It wasn't born of, you know, actual voter fraud, because at that moment, nobody knew that there was actual voter fraud. And nobody had come up with the conspiracy theories that started to pop up after the election that there was voter fraud, because there wasn't any voter fraud. Think about it. At the moment Donald Trump announced a big lie in the early morning hours of November 4, there were no reports of voter fraud. So he can't then bolster his big lie by saying, well, it was all voter fraud. You didn't even know about that at the time. So this wasn't a misunderstanding. It wasn't willful ignorance or intentional blindness that he was just wishing he won. There was a lot of voter fraud and he really believed that. No. It was a calculation. It was an intentional lie. He knew he was going to lose. So he had to come up with an alternate plan. And that alternate plan was the big lie. And we now know what was going on in the Oval Office right before he made that fateful decision to give birth to the big lie on camera. We know that all of the adults in the room, the Bill Stepians and others, said, Mr. President, you can't go out and declare victory because you didn't win. You certainly haven't won yet, and the numbers are looking really bad that are coming in as the mail-in ballots are being counted and trending for Joe Biden. You absolutely can't go out and declare victory because you didn't win. That would be a lie. It would be a big lie, wouldn't it? And all the adults in the room were unanimous. All of the sober... Adults in the room were unanimous. Drunken Rudy Giuliani was the only one in the room who said, oh, Mr. President, go out there and announce you won, because if you don't, you'll look weak. Not because you won the election, not because you have a good faith basis that you will win the election or that voter fraud deprived you of your rightful win. You got to just go out and say it, otherwise you're going to look weak. Nothing is more undemocratic or destructive to the democratic process or dismissive of the will of the American voters than what drunken Rudy Giuliani told Donald Trump to do that night. And Donald Trump did it not because drunken Rudy told him to. He did it because that was the plan from way back in April, moving through August, moving through the election night, the plan was to plant the seed that if I lost, it was rigged, and then during the Red Mirage, jump into the Red Mirage and try to make it real. Tell everybody, frankly, I won this election. When he knew, he didn't. It was a lie, it was a calculation from jump, and it's criminal. It's criminal. And a novice prosecutor fresh out of law school, could prove it to a jury's satisfaction beyond a reasonable doubt. And it needs to be done. It needs to be done. Because justice matters. Friends, stay tuned. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. There's been lots of talk about Will the J6 Committee, will Congress make a criminal referral or not? doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It will be interesting to see if they decide to do it or not, but it doesn't matter because the Department of Justice doesn't do business by criminal referrals from Congress. They say, thank you very much, but you know what? We've seen the evidence for ourselves. DOJ will get its hands on the thousand-plus transcripts created by the January 6th committee and its investigation. They'll get them all, and DOJ will continue to build. But there's nowhere to go, nowhere to go but to charge Donald Trump. And you know why? First and foremost, because the evidence supports criminal charges that can be proved beyond a reasonable doubt to a jury. But here's the second really important reason that Donald Trump has to be charged for his crimes. Because if he's not, do you realize that the 2024 Republican nominee will be given permission by the Department of Justice to do everything Donald Trump has done to our country, to the American people, for the last four, five years? Because if DOJ doesn't prosecute Donald Trump, for his seditious conspiracy, for inciting an insurrection, for a conspiracy to defraud or commit offenses against the United States, for obstructing an official proceeding, the certification of Joe Biden's win, and for treason, because on January 6, Donald Trump levied war against these United States. If they don't prosecute Donald Trump for all of those crimes, then God forbid a guy like Ron DeSantis, who is just as corrupt in many ways as Donald Trump. He's been weaponizing the government, the legislative process, the powers of the executive branch in the Florida state government. And DOJ will not only be giving a Ron DeSantis permission to commit all the crimes Donald Trump committed, they will be encouraging him to do it. Because by declining to prosecute Donald Trump, they will announcing that everything he did was just fine, not criminal, because if it was criminal, we would have prosecuted him for it. That will give permission and encouragement for tomorrow's criminal politicians and aspiring dictators to replicate all of Donald Trump's crimes and then some. And guess what, friends? America cannot survive that. But that's not going to happen because DOJ will, will hold Donald Trump and his criminal associates accountable. It's coming. It's coming. It's not easy to wait. It's not easy to watch. The frustration and desperation and depression and anxiety we experience every day by seeing Donald Trump and his criminal associates, Rudy Giuliani and John Eastman and Bannon and Meadows and Roger Stone and Mike Flynn and Don Jr. and Mo Brooks and the rest of them out footloose and fancy free, finding new ways to scheme the next coup, recruiting a new batch of insurrectionists. It's hard for people who care about the democracy, for people who spend their days abiding by the rule of law. It's hard. It's hard. (sighs) But we're gonna get there. Have faith, have hope, be determined. And vote, 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 vote. Volunteer anywhere and everywhere you can to register people, to help spread the word that we all have to vote, take somebody by the hand help them register, take them to the polls, and vote, 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 vote. That's how we're going to get there. But we're going to get there. Thank you for listening to me ramble. Thank you for tuning into these Justice Matters daily videos. Um, I am as exhausted as I am energized by this justice fight, because justice really does matter. Please stay safe. Please stay tuned. And I look forward to talking with you all again tomorrow.